It's so important for us to understand that worry has an effect on the brain that is measurable. It degrades our resiliency. Studies actually show that 90% of the things that we worry about never happen. So we spend a lot of time worrying about things that never happen. And here's why this is so important. The fear of things that might be is killing our enjoyment of the things that are. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Life Church Canton podcast. My name is Sam. I'm the host of the show. Thanks for listening. On this episode of the podcast, uh, we are doing our annual celebration for 2020. Um, and if you haven't been to an annual celebration uh, before at Life Church, um, here's what uh, kind of happens. So uh, Nathan's preaching, but inside of his message, he's going to share a lot of uh, statistics. Um, from 2019, from the past year, of about uh, our different ministries, and you might be saying, "Well, um, you know, numbers are just you know numbers. I don't want to hear about that." But I, something that Nathan says in this message is that you know every number has a face, every number has a story because they're people, um, and that's why we share it. And two two uh, notable numbers are that we baptized 82 people last year, and 158 people uh, came to accept Christ at at Life Church Canton, either for the first time or recommitting their lives. So um, that's really awesome, uh, and I think you're going to enjoy this year-end review. So here's Nathan with the annual celebration. That's good to celebrate, isn't it? A little bit of what God's done. What do you think about that? With some good video in there. It's a, it's good stuff. Thanks for being here. 2019 was an incredible year. My name's Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here, and I've been waiting to celebrate with you. I've been like, can we just get to it already? Let's celebrate. And, uh, you know, it's the end of January, but I wanted to celebrate with you like the day after 2019 ended. And we have so much to celebrate, but even in this short month, 2020 has been an incredible year. We did 21 days of prayer. We're finishing that up in just a few moments. We had three prayer gatherings where hundreds of people came out and prayed in a new way. We had children in here raising their hands and praying for people. It was absolutely incredible. And everyone's like, this better not be the last time that we do this. I'm like, it won't be, don't worry. Uh, Life Connect, where people get into small groups. We had 80 people uh, choose to join a small group. That's uh, 120 people in the room with all the leaders. That's the largest Life Connect we've ever had. That's incredible, and that is so good. We are launching the Life Journey, which we did all the work for last year, and over 70 people have signed up. There are spaces left. Be part of it. Every one of us, it's going to affect, but this is powerful. We gained three new interns this year who just showed up and said, I want to be part of this. I want to learn. I want to grow. And we have 12 people right now signed up for New Life Weekend, but we have space for so many more. Would you join us in that? This year has been so good already. But I want to celebrate last year. We need to celebrate. Why? Because celebration, it's good for the soul. Celebration is good for the soul. That's why we have birthdays and Christmas and 4th of July and you name it and Valentine's Day. Well, Valentine's Day, I think, is actually just to keep the flower industry alive. But like, that's okay. Like, it's still something to celebrate. Why? Why do we do that? Because it's good for the soul. And the reality is, This world 
this world's in trouble. It is trouble. There's so much going on in this world. Whether it's a virus spreading across the world, we don't know what's gonna happen, or brush fires that turned into flooding in Australia. Things are not good. Sickness, finances taking a turn. There's trouble everywhere we look. And worry and anxiety is at an all-time high. I mean, I actually feel winter seasonal affective disorder. Anyone else in here feel that this weekend? Yeah, it's okay. The sun's coming. It's getting longer. Every single day the sun is out. It's coming. But worry and anxiety is at an all-time high in our country. And one study shows that our brains are not able to process the amount of information that we have access to that is suffering, that we cannot process the misery that is happening in our world And we can get it right through our phones. It's unprecedented. We don't know how to deal with it. And so we live in this constant state of worry and fear. We had 175 prayer requests. It's a stack of cards this big that we laid across the whole stage. And then we prayed for them every single one of those gatherings. It was powerful. It was amazing. But as I read through them, do you know what struck me as one? How raw they were. How real they were. And how hard some of us have it right now. The burdens that are weighing on our shoulders, both good and bad. The worry that we have. We lose strength and energy when we bear burdens too long. And we can start to feel very vulnerable in this world. You know, I I can be honest and say that these last couple of months for me, I felt very vulnerable. As worry and things that are going on have weighed me down. It's so important for us to understand that worry has an effect on the brain that is measurable. It degrades our resiliency. Studies actually show that 90% of the things that we worry about never happen. So we spend a lot of time worrying about things that never happen. And here's why this is so important. The fear of things that might be is killing our enjoyment of the things that are. And I want to celebrate with you because God has given something for our worry, for our anxiety, for our fears, and it's called celebration. In the midst of even failure and disappointments and suffering and betrayal and worry, celebration is the answer. It's something that does something to us. It changes the chemistry in our brains. It is good. God is the one who instituted celebration, brought it to us, and he loves it when we party, when we get excited. And I want to tell you about a party. I want to take you to a party that happened thousands of years ago because in this, I found something I hadn't seen before, something that is powerful and speaks to every one of you here. Now, Nehemiah is in the Old Testament. I want to read from it. And I want to tell you a little bit about what's happening right before this. See, Nehemiah's the story about how the Jewish people, the the Israelites, were away from the promised land. They were away from Jerusalem. And Jerusalem fell apart. The walls came down and they were taken over. And then since the walls weren't there, marauders came in and pillaged. The people who were actually in Jerusalem were, were oppressed all of the time. And Nehemiah was called by God to go back and build the city up by resurrecting the walls. And Nehemiah led a bunch of them back from exile to rebuild Jerusalem. And the walls are now back up. It's a symbolic of the ability to defend 
your country. The walls are up, the hard work, and there's a whole lot of story there that I'm jumping over. But I want to jump to one verse that happens. It's party time. And so they started to read the word of God and celebrate and get excited. But as they read a word of God, they started to worry about the future. It started to hurt on them, all the things that they had paid. It started to weigh on them. And they were starting to grieve and be upset. And I want to read what Nehemiah says when he stands up and addresses the people. Nehemiah 8.10 says this. It'll be on the screens. I encourage you. This is the verse we're going to stick on today. Nehemiah said, go. And enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You've heard that phrase before, I hope. The joy of the Lord is your strength, and this is where it comes from. So important. Now it says, this day. Did you catch that? This day is holy. What you don't know is that day wasn't holy. There was nothing special about that day until they made it holy. Until they said that this is the day that we're going to celebrate God. And that's why we do the annual celebration because we are making this day something that's set apart for something, set apart for joy, set apart for celebration. The powerful statement is this, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, what's joy? Some of us can tell you when we have it, but Rick Warren calls joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right, and the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Joy is so important to our walk as Christians. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross It comes from the Spirit. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Something that results as God works in it, us, is joy. Joy is a result of worship and determined celebration. A choice to worship God results in joy. We know these things about joy. When we celebrate something, changes inside of us. Now, I want to be really good at celebration, don't you? Do you guys want to be good at celebration? Do you want to be good at it? Like, do you want to kind of suck at celebration? Let me ask it that way. Like, no, I don't want to suck at celebration. Then be good at it. I want to be good at it. I have staff members. Oh, my gosh. They're great at celebration. The other kind of people who make their birthday into a birth week month. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it is just a celebration. I have multiple. I'm not, I'm not picking one out. There's like five of them. And they love not only to celebrate themselves, but to celebrate other people. They love making a big deal of the fact that God made someone. And I love that. It inspires me. I don't understand it half the time. But, but I want to be good at celebration like they are. But this word joy, this word joy, the joy of the Lord is your strength, is something different. It's hedwa. Hedwa. Everyone say hedwa. A little more feminine. Hedwa. That's good. That's good. It's a Hebrew word, and it's rare. It's a word joy. That means joy that's rare. It's very specific. And what it is, it's the joy of celebration in eating and drinking and being merry. It's the joy of being together and remembering what God has done. Joy here is hedwa, and it means the pleasure of being together with God in celebration of him. It's beautiful. There's so much nuance to this word. The inference here is that joy cannot be achieved outside of God. 
this joy is not something you can do outside of God. It's, it's an action. It's worship. But it refers to a, a relationship. Think of it this way. Hedwa, or joy, is being at a party for God. It's the feeling of being at a party for God. Do you feel that? Do you feel what that would be like, being at a birthday party for God or, or being at a party celebrating him? That is what this joy is. Jesus, he was hungry to do the will of God. He was satisfied in doing the will of God. And, and God is most glorified in us when we are fully satisfied in him. Now, that sounds like a party to me. So how do we do this? We celebrate. But specifically, we don't celebrate what we have done. We celebrate and get jacked about what God has done, what God has accomplished that's why today, this day matters. It's like bringing gifts to a party, like prioritizing what the object of the party likes. Like if God likes something, you're going to make sure that party's all about that. You're going to bring gifts to him. That's what this is all about. That's what worship is, celebrating God. And when we celebrate what God has done, you know what it does inside of us? It translates into joy. And this is a satisfaction that comes only from this relationship. That's why we are driven by new life. We're driven by new life. Why? Because new life is something that only God can do. And so we are driven about telling that story and celebrating it. So much of what I share today will all be about driven by new life because God deserves to be praised and we also get joy because of it. So what does this joy result in? I'll read it again. Nehemiah 8.10 says that this day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve. Again, what? For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Strength is a good word. I like it. And in here, it's ma'oz. Everyone say ma'oz. Yeah, I know. That was hard. Just say ma'oz. Just say that. Just push it. Ma'oz. Just say it. I tell my wife if she has trouble like pronouncing a word, just say it fast and everyone will think you know it, right? Any word that you say slowly and deliberately sounds like you're saying it wrong. Like I'll give you an example relentless. Sound wrong, didn't it? Right? But if I just say relentless, it's exciting. So everyone just say one more time. Say mos. All right. We'll get there. Some strength there. Now this word is not a strength that is something that we possess, like emotional strength or mental strength or physical strength or power, influence. That's not what this strength is. This word refers to a structure, to a wall, to something that's solid. The Lord is my defense of my life. Who shall I fear? He's my refuge in the day of distress. That's this kind of strength, a, a, a structure. It's, he is the shield against our enemy. So every arrow that's meant for us won't make it past God and his covering. He's our line of defense. He's our confidence. That's this kind of strength. Have you experienced this kind of strength? What would it look like if, if you felt secure in this strength? In the face of worry, you knew that God would cover you. What does that mean? This is something we need. More than anything else, we need this confidence and trust in God that results in a barrier a structure, a strength, ma'as. Again, just like joy, hey, what? 
cannot be experienced without God. My own strength cannot be lived into apart from him. Where do you plant your feet? Not in a box, but in joy. Obtained at his table, celebrating all that he has done. Listen, I want to point out something that's so important. Nehemiah and his people left everything behind to go into enemy territory and take back what was theirs that God had given them. People died. Enemies came and they struggled and built a wall. And Nehemiah could have pointed to these new walls and said, do not be afraid. We have these great walls. That was the whole point of why they went back there. Instead, he said, rejoice. God is our wall. God is our fortress. The celebration of God will be the way we gain the ability to trust in God's strength, not the walls that we build. And Nehemiah is a good leader because he points to what God has done as a reminder of what God will do. And we celebrate what God has done as a reminder of what he will do. The strength to carry on, the strength to move, the strength to see what God can do through us. Will you overcome the fear of your life changing? Will you step into something new? Will you set aside the worries you have, which 90% of them won't come true, and yet you 100% believe that if you think hard enough and spend enough mental energy, you'll be able to keep that 10% from happening. That you could find enough security and safety and comfort to feel like moving forward. Listen, God isn't offering you comfort. He's offering you confidence. God isn't offering you comfort. He's offering you strength, confidence. And so we're going to celebrate. To renew our trust and joy in God, we're going to celebrate and find joy and confidence in God's strength, not our own. And if you do this, you're going to lead your family better. You're going to make a difference in this world. You're going to have your life and the mentality of the way that you, it's going to change. Your worry is going to reduce because you're going to trust in God. And so we're going to celebrate. And now's the time where I tell you all the amazing things that are happening. But I need you guys to work with me here. I need you to get excited with me. I need you to speak back. And anytime I say something you find exciting, you can clap. You can say anything that you want, you know, generally, and say stuff like, yeah, or mm, and men, you can grunt if you want to. Grunt. Like, this is the place where I say grunt. You'd be like, mm, yeah, mm. that's good. Or you can say mo's or strength or Detroit or I don't know, whatever you want to say. But if it hits you, say something because that's you celebrating. And I guess this isn't about me. I don't care. I don't care. If, 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 I'm not going to feel better if you say something to me. It's not about me. It's about him. I'm already jacked about what God is doing, and I hope that you will do it today. That one is okay. I will, I will just today, just today. Look, look, Michigan needs to celebrate something, like, right? Let's, let's celebrate together all that God is doing because he's bigger than the Big Ten, thank goodness. He's bigger than football, thank goodness. He's bigger than a whole heck of a lot of things. So if you need to say that, that's what makes your heart happy, just today, go for it. Man, so don't leave me hanging. Celebrate with me as we grow strength together. I want to talk about new things. New things. 
Some new things we did, we hired some staff that are making new impact, and I am so proud of these people who have come on. I'm going to just name a couple real quick. The teaching pastor of adult ministries, Daniel Fabui, he's an amazing man. He's incredible. Yes. Now, that moment when he stood on stage and started to preach was years, years and pain in the making. And he is leading us into a way we have never been led before, into places we have just dared to tip our, you know, to put our toe in a little bit. It's time to move. I'm excited about that. You hear more about how we're moving forward. We brought on our discipleship pastor our, who helped us move into the life journey, John Grandy, who helped us multiply, and it's great. You guys are going to see so much of him in this. And finally, we brought in Jared Van Voorst, our associate pastor, who's just incredible at teaching us and leading us. But he's leading our staff into greater effectiveness that you don't see. And then what you are just starting to see is how he is leading us into the 167 hours you don't spend here as he teaches us how to be a community together. The other new things we're doing is the code. The code drives us forward. We worked hard on this. We revealed it. It was a big deal. I'm excited about it. You belong. So everybody who walks in here can feel like they belong so they can encounter Jesus in a new way. And when they experience him in a new way, they find ways to pursue other people relentlessly. And as they relentlessly pursue each other on a team, God changes things. And as you see God move, you'll do whatever it takes and go wherever he takes you because you believe in what's happening. And when this moment momentum hits a certain way and we start concentrating on the life journey, we multiply into new churches, into new disciples, into new things. And finally, we have so many stories. We just spend a lot of our time celebrating what God has done, the new life. This is what we are driven by. This is why we're here today, something to celebrate. So the life journey develops us into disciples. Last year, we spent resources on making it happen. We shot over in the end 10 hours of video that is produced down to 10 hours. We redeveloped three courses with 30 different curriculum developers and 12 different presenters. We developed a brand new course that had never been part of it before. We added 20 facilitators to lead these courses and most of you will be impacted by it and it's big. It's big. This one, I don't think you understand how big it is. Man, we step forward into mental health training. Mental health training has become, has begun. The gospel is holistic. It's holistic. And if we care about the whole human being as God does, we've got to step into this. How a man thinks, so he is. And so we are doing new things by training people how to care for and love those who are struggling with mental health. Like I said already, we're moving into some new realms and new ways. Racial reconciliation has taken steps forward in powerful ways. We have Be the Bridge, but it's growing and expanding. And we have pastors there who are now there the whole time. It's incredible. We did the Ark of Justice tour, which is where we went into, yeah, we went into Detroit and learned about our struggles, our struggles that are right here and the history of that. And we sent two shuttles full of people from the leadership team and from staff and from ever to learn. And we are taking new trips and have planned and implemented Sankofa trip, which is a trip down into the south. It goes even deeper as we take steps forward and ask the right questions. I want to tell you about something you may not know, and this is, this is powerful. We added 12 service managers. What does that mean? 12 service manager. These are the people who come and they help. They're volunteers 
who make sure that everything's running the way it needs to run. And they also, and this is the more powerful part, they make everything happen, where it's in the cafe and the greeters and, and the connections and all the things that are happening around here in the offering. They oversee it. Not a staff. They do it. And that's powerful in itself. But the second thing is really powerful. And this one I didn't see until I saw it later. But if you've ever noticed, and maybe you should go check it out, come here a little early, you know, early to church. I know it's a crazy concept. Just try it. But when you come, you'll see them praying. See, we don't just care about getting a job done. We care about people who are getting that job done. You are invited to come, as Kate said today on Facebook during our 21 days of prayers. You're invited to come early and pray with them as you sense how God is moving as they pray for you and prepare for you to be here as they're relentlessly pursuing one more for Jesus. We had the Christmas Compassion Dinner, a new thing, where there are 13 families and small groups supported 12 families in our community who needed help around Christmas. But they didn't just support them. They came and ate dinner with them and hung out with them. And together, as a community, as people, we celebrated who God is and the birth of Jesus Christ. Our youth staff team, yeah, that's good. We'll do more and more of that. The youth staff team is something we created this year as well. A youth staff team that invites students and volunteers to speak into and shape the youth ministry, as well as develop leadership skills and live into their gifts. This is how these incredibly powerful and committed volunteers are growing and ministering. See, it's not about us doing ministry as staff. It's about us equipping you to do it. It's incredible and powerful, and I'm excited about it. Now, this one I'm really excited about. We had 27 new babies. Yeah. That's like this whole section, all brand new babies, right? Like, that would be nuts. I can't imagine the sleepless hours, but what a joy. There are some churches who are fighting for one new baby, right? Like, but we are overflowing with babies. And this one is uh, connected to it as well. well. We'll talk a little bit more about it later. But um, we also added live worship to our kids' gatherings. That's powerful. We had a new child dedication event. This is a brand new event that focused on care and empowerment. This is a moment where we got together around these families and we prayed for them. They're powerful and all are welcome to come to them to experience how our, our kids' ministry partners with these parents as they bring this new life into our community. We could go on and on and on. One thing I want to share is, and you saw it, we had 82 baptisms. 82 baptisms, and just from perspective, from November with one, we, we launched in November of 2018. In 2018, we had one event, and then between 2018 and 2019, that one year of the New Life Weekend, it's a new format, 117 people got baptized. That's powerful. That's new lives, new friends. Wow. Are you letting that get into you? Whew. I know you had to take a breath, because that's a lot. That sacrifice for some, the literal pain of childbirth, that's, that's a lot of this, is pain. It's pain brought out into something. You're letting that joy sink into you. A new foundation is being laid for our church this day. This day is holy because we celebrate what God has done. But God is doing more, more than we can ask or imagine. And I want to move through these as quick as possible, but I don't want you to miss this. We had 432 people fill out Connect cards. That means they felt safe enough, they felt like they belonged enough to tell us who they were. That's a massive amount of families and individuals. 
We had people attending life groups. So 420 people attended life groups uh, this year, but now that number is around 500 because we just added 80. That's amazing. That's you belong. We had a record number of couples participating in the pre-marriage mentoring process, which means we're probably going to have like 80 babies next year. Yeah. Because they're going to have babies after they get married because they're having sex and waiting till then to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing. That's a God thing. LifeWorks completed 18 projects plus whatever it takes, wherever it took them. For the elderly, they landscaped and helped them move. For single moms, they hung shelves, installed toilets and dishwashers, renovated bathrooms, <laughs> renovated entire homes. They redid the roof and took out all kinds of things. They did car repairs and home moves. They did things that are powerful. You want to be part of this team. They took skilled people who say, I know how to serve. I can do things around the home. I could do things that are powerful. And we met people right where they're at. So proud of them. Haiti. Haiti is something that we continue to support. Financially, there's 76 kids at Ebenezer Glen Orphanage that we support. And we do fun things for them as well. We also show up. We show up and do things in the surrounding community and at Ebenezer Glen Orphanage because we care and we want to have a relationship with them. And in fact, this year, my wife and I are going. And if you're interested in going or supporting those who are going, come to the info me meeting that is coming up and just next weekend. Learn. This will change your life, guaranteed. Of our 250 partners, 75 of them were brand new because they believe in what God is doing. Our weekly attendance last year was about 1,200 people, and we had 158 people give their lives to Jesus. For a perspective, that's more than, pe than the people in this room right now. 158 people. We were relentless about pursuing one more. Hundreds of people are volunteering every week. Join that team. We continue to support Life Church Auburn Hills, and we help plant 30 churches nationwide. Multiply. This is good. Team World Vision moved their feet so others didn't have to move theirs. That's good. 60 people raised $46,000 for children who don't have clean water. And they did some discipline and learned to grow together as a community. And last year, we sent out pastors to go. One of them is leading a ministry eight times the size of ours. Another went to a campus who was in desperate need of a shepherd with a shepherd's heart. And one of them became a lead pastor of a church and has taken everything with him that we invested in with him while he was here. The life journey will launch in Indiana pretty soon, which is incredible. Listen, we're going to continue to be a church that sends people out into the kingdom and makes a difference beyond us because they can do more for the kingdom if we send them than keeping them. And that is normal for churches who love the kingdom of God. And since we're kingdom-minded, we'll be a church that continues to send. But don't believe me. Believe Pastor Johnny in his first day at his new church wrote this as I begin my first Sunday at Hope Covenant Church I'm blown away by life church Canton sending capacity too many times we measure a church seating capacity 
Think about the lives being impacted from a movement that started in a Canton backyard. Friends, we were never meant to stay put. We are commanded to go. Go disciple all nations. Yes, we gather to worship him. We partner to disciple each other. But we must also scatter to tell more people about Jesus. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. They decided to set aside a day to celebrate God. It became a source of strength for them. They ran the race well. And I want to share a story of some people of Life Church who are running the race well. This is not about celebrating what they accomplished, but what God accomplished through them. The first is one of our teens, Taylor Bolton. It's one of the eighth graders who not only attends but serves. She'll serve and do whatever, whether that's mops or CR or whatever is needed, she will do it. Taylor got baptized this year in March, and something changed. Something switched on. Even though she was doing incredible things, things have meant more. She has stepped up in her faith. She's learning about her spiritual gifts. She's learning to live beyond herself and about leadership and about overcoming the enemy, learning not what to think, but how to think. And she's making her journey her own. I want to tell you about Mike and Penny Ewart. They were in ministry as pastors for 20 years. And when they retired, they looked for a church where they can invest their gifts and experience. And God led them here to Life Church. As soon as they heard the code, they bought in because it resonated with them so deeply. And they became partners. And both are passionate about and experienced in discipleship. In fact, they have spent much of their schooling in discipleship and decided that the Life Journey course was a place that they were going to invest their time in. And now they are facilitators who are training new facilitators. Mike and Penny are making the most of their retirement by investing their time and experience into leading others to follow and imitate Jesus. And they are greatly needed. That's powerful. That's good. I'll tell you about Rob. Rob Somerville. He serves on our worship team. Rob Somerville early last year was recommended, recommended for a promotion at his current place of employment. He's thankful to have a job because times were a little weird and things weren't looking great, but a promotion would be even better, and it would be huge considering he had just recently had a child and they were looking to purchase a home. But that shift he would be working would conflict directly with his volunteering at church, along with cutting into his time with his family. So upon prayer and reflection, he turned down the promotion. He believed it better to spend time with his family, including his church family, than to make more money. He has been worship's most consistent and faithful and dedicated volunteer this last year and has saved our worship experience on multiple occasions, whether playing bass, piano, or taking most of the photos that you have actually just seen. He's been integral to our worship experience and he is thinking ministry. He's not thinking about the box. He's not thinking about arriving. He's thinking about how God would use him. And I am grateful for people like Rob. One last one. One last one as we close. Debbie Huslemke. She served for over six years on the name tag team. 
does our scheduling for the offering team, participates in women's service projects, and she serves on Royal Family Kids, where she now mentors one of the children she meant there. She's the real deal. Consistently living into whatever it takes, wherever it takes her, and relentlessly pursuing one more, she epitomizes it. But on top of that, she had a passion for older adults at Life Church. She wanted to make sure they knew they were valued and that they belong. And after meeting with John Grandy, she decided to not only join the life journey as a facilitator, but to bring as many as she can and create a place for older adults where they are used, they are met, they are loved, and they are able to join us as we create a new generation of people who need disciples. She lives into literally every part of our code, and we celebrate what God has accomplished in her and through her. I'm grateful for people like Debbie. Listen, I love this church, and I love how we are changing. I love how God is changing us. I love how God is challenging us, and I encourage and implore you to let the joy of what's happening here go down deep into your heart. To as you celebrate, you become strong. Well, I shared a lot of numbers, and people said, don't share numbers. Numbers mean nothing. I'm like, numbers matter. Why? Because numbers have names, and names have stories, and stories of new life give glory to God. And so I care about giving glory to God. We are driven by new life. This is who we are. This is who we will be. People who go nuts and buy a lot of balloons and get crazy and get excited because God has done something good last year. And he's going to do something great next year. If we learn to celebrate, our joy will grow and eventually turn into strength. And no matter what challenge comes your way, no matter what worry comes our way, that we plant our feet not in our circumstances, but in God's glory. That's why I want you to celebrate with me so that we have the strength to never be shaken, to never lose heart, to never surrender to worry, but live in the truth and the journey that God has us on. Will you stand with me? As we finish, every single time we get together, every single time we invite people to follow Jesus, and 158 gave their lives to Jesus last year. And this year, it's going to be even more because God is drawing people to him. And he might be drawing you to him right now. And Jesus died on a cross and paid for your debt, paid and made right the distance between you and God so that you can know him, so that you can celebrate, so that you can glory, and that you can be strong. But it takes you admitting you need him and recognizing that there's only one way, one way to know Jesus or to know God is through Jesus Christ. So let's pray together. Close your eyes. If you could, bow your heads. And if you want to make that decision to follow Jesus, I encourage you to pray along with me this prayer out loud or in your hearts. Make this your conversation with God. God, 
I need someone to rescue me. I know things aren't right. And I don't know how to make them right. And I believe that Jesus is the one who can make it right. That he lived a perfect life to pay for my broken one. That he made a sacrifice so that I could have new life. So today I choose. I choose to follow him. I ask that he make me new. That I would have a new life. That I would be able to follow him and leave my own ways behind. And that I would serve him into eternity, giving him joy, giving him glory, giving him everything that I am. God, come and bring peace to my heart as I serve you the rest of my days. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you want to find out more information about Life Church Canton or other churches in the Life Church Network, you can text I'm New to 734 349 3475 or fill out the form linked in the show notes below and someone from the church will reach out to you with more information. If you came to Life Church for the first time this past weekend, we would love to know about it. We believe that life isn't meant to be lived in isolation, but we want to connect with you and learn to live like Jesus in community together. If you want to email the show, you can do that at podcast at lifechurchcanton.org. You can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you might be listening to it. Um, And if you're enjoying it, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. Once again, my name is Sam Parham, and you've been listening to the Life Church Canton Podcast. Have a great week, everybody.